Every great film should seem new every time you see it. Hello and welcome to episode 119 of the Midnight Film Review. My name is Brian Stevens, and with me as always, my precocious co-host. Am I precocious? Pugnacious? Pugnacious, no. Irritable? Frustrated? Grumpy? Colin Smith, that's who I am. I didn't realize how hard it was going to be to say precocious and co-host in the same, like... Precocious? Precocious! Precocious, dude, bruh. Um, How you doing, Colin? I'm all right. I'm uh, I'm better than I was yesterday. Oh, really? Were you yeah. pretty bad yesterday? I was uh, apoplectic with rage. <laughs> okay, well, I think we'll get there. Probably. Pro- we'll probably get there. Oh man! <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, poof. My voice is going to cracking in and out today. I I just my the way my tongue and my mouth feels. I'm gonna. I know that I'm going to say something that's going to be like. You're gonna look at me like, was that a sentence? Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna happen for sure. Okay. This episode. I look forward to it. Great, excellent, superb, magnificent episode this week, Colin. Um, <clears throat> we have a very what? what? I don't know. We have a very interesting opening segment for everyone. We're gonna do some franchising. What now? We're gonna talk about some Kevin Hart stuff. We're gonna talk about. Uh, film criticism and um, that kind of stuff. We're going to give you the latest updates on White Boy Rick. On <laughs> White Boy Rick, yes. <laughs> and recurring segment, what's up, White Boy Rick? <laughs> if we don't review that movie, we, we have failed as a podcast. It, pro- it probably won't come here. Uh, you're probably right. Yeah. What if that movie changes our – you know what? The movie's already changed it, our lives. It has. It really has. Too, it's too easy. <laughs> And then we're, we have a, we have an email from Drew because uh, Drew never fails us. He's, Drew's always there for us. Um, I think Drew lives in Massachusetts, if I'm not mistaken. So Drew, if you're listening, stay warm, stay dry, and um, hopefully you're not covered in snow. And global warming is not real. Uh, <laughs> it's a hoax by the Chinese to perpetrated by the Chinese. Perpetrated trade deficit. What was um, – I was about to get off on a really big tangent. I'm going to bring it back in because we need to continue the show. I have a media hot take this week, and then we will re- end with a review of Tomb Raider. Of Mark Zuckerberg's public statement <laughs> following following this weekend's breaking news about Cambridge Analytica and the Facebook data breach here on the Midnight News Hour. Oh, that's our, that's our second podcast we're going to yeah. develop. Uh-huh. That's the, the pre-air. We warm up for this podcast with, yeah. by talking about political issues. And then we just make up a bunch of shit and ramble incoherently about uh, <laughs> about not important things. There you go. All right, Colin. Let's uh, let's start with the with the uh, they're franchising what now? What are they franchising now? You know, for once, I am not, I'm not uh, distraught having to do this segment. <laughs> we lear- well, we learned today uh, or earlier this sometime in the last week that production is beginning. What did they say in May? I think May. Yeah, May is what uh, it's on a sequel to Happy Death Day. And we know the star, whose name I don't remember, will be returning. Yeah, I can't remember. Shoot, that's bad. Uh, okay. It's okay. And 
the other interesting tidbit is she talked a little bit about her understanding of plans for the the film or the direction of the film uh, and they're going to pull back i guess in a sense from the the kind of horror genre and expand on some of the ideas as far as the the groundhog day trope intersecting with something bigger um which sounds like it could be really fun again this film had the the tone of the film was great there were a lot of really fun moments there there was some great attention to detail some great direction at, at times too so if if they have an idea that makes this like gonzo gonzo happy death day (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh i'm really curious what that means it sounds fun it sounds like the type of movie that this is just my opinion the director or writer um i I can't remember the 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 people who made this movie i know it's a blumhouse picture a blumpkin house picture Mm um i know that that this was a blumhouse picture but i don't know who always behind it so it kind of i feel like maybe this was the idea they had maybe hoping going forward and the fact that it turned out so well for them they can now explore this idea further and that's what that's what we love we we, we love when filmmakers are allowed to expand and uh continue to tell stories they want to tell and i'll tell you what i i can't think of the actress's name but she was fantastic and um I really liked her. I thought she was the best part about that movie, which we both pretty we both enjoyed on different levels. But I thought she knocked it out of the park, and that's a I mean that whole movie is the weight is on her shoulders. So um, if if it didn't work, it would be her and the director's fault. And I think that she she came through, and um, looking forward to seeing her in in more. Yeah, uh, Jessica Jessica Roth, we think is her name, uh, Roth or Roth. She was excellent. Um, yeah, and yeah, she says the movie is going to be elevated to a back to the future type of genre film. Uh, is one of the things she said, which just sounds if we <laughs> really interesting. Um, yeah. So, who knows? This what if this this could end up being like a superhero franchise? Right. That's what we need more of, Brian. Yeah, we don't have any of those. When's the last time you saw a superhero film? In theaters. Oh, man. Let me see. Does I, Tanya count? No? Hancock? Hancock, yeah, yeah. I think that was the last time. Man, what a what a great moment in, in cinema history. <laughs> Will Smith. Speaking of Will Smith, that's a great segue, Colin. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, Men in Black. We're going back to black. But no Will Smith. No Tommy Lee Jones. No K and J. JK? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. No, uh, Josh Brolin. Yeah. Uh, news announced that this week that uh, we're going to have a reboot of sorts. Sony announced that Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth, uh, Thor and Valkyrie are rejoining forces, but this time they're going to be in, uh, presumably black suits for a men in black reboot. Um, I'm down, Colin. I could give a shit less. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, who cares? The, the, you know why we're talking about this now? Because Will Smith was a fresh face because 
he had great comic timing and because Tommy Lee Jones played a great straight man that he could work off of. Uh, but their like their chemistry that that was the film. Yeah. You yep. you are not if if anybody either than Will Smith definitely and probably Tommy Lee Jones had been in that movie. I don't think it would be what, what it is. I don't think it would yeah. be the like was it late 90s yeah icon uh yeah that it spawned at least two sequels two sequels yeah well now three i guess if and, you count yeah, this, this so i i could give a shit less i don't care uh it i would i was waiting for the the men in black 21 jump street crossover oh yeah that's right that would be fun i forgot about that another straight sequel you know if it if it looks like it's going to be a good film on its own merits, then sure, I'll see it. But I mean, whatever. We, I'm also happy to leave these things dead and buried unless there's a compelling reason to revisit them. Uh, Interesting. I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Also, Vincent D'Onofrio, one of oh, the most yeah. iconic comedy horror bad yes. guy performances of all time. That, like, yeah, un, unreal. The transformation. <laughs> he did and the mannerisms he affected oh god he's so and the way he held his face yeah so so freaking creepy what an underrated actor not to kind of get off trails here but vincent d'onofrio is a very underrated actor um yeah so i understand what you're saying and i don't completely disagree i just i really like tessa thompson and i thought her and chris hemsworth um were, were pretty were really really good together i think they're they're chemistry was off the charts in thor ragnarok and i like i want to see more chris hemsworth in comedies i think he is a funny guy and i don't think he's been given a ton of opportunity to explore that um that's why i was looking so forward to that damn dundee movie that we got bamboozled <laughs> on you know that i can't believe that was a real i mean it's brilliant, uh, I, brilliant. I guess do you think it mattered like no why would it no just one, seems like it's a waste of money yeah no one is saying oh now i really want to go to australia because if i didn't before it's like it's like Aust- australia man you really have a good sense of humor and <laughs> right. your weird viral marketing campaigns right. you're still filled with poisonous animals though right and your internet sucks so oh i'm man. gonna stay here where i you know i can just die by the anonymous uh, oh god that, oh god <laughs> yeah never mind <laughs> you oh, guys god. keep your poisonous animals we'll keep our gun violence uh <laughs> we'll, oh yeah and, oh man anyways <laughs> moving on um <laughs> what is this podcast yeah, I about? Don't know. colin's fired up so anyways you don't care about mib i'm looking forward to it but we both agree on happy death day that's fine um, one little segment that I, so remember before this, I was like, there was an article I wanted to read. I thought I saved it. Totes. It fits perfectly into the franchising. What now? <clears throat> um, yesterday it was announced that in the upcoming months. <sighs> yeah. That was my drum roll. Steven Spielberg is ready to shoot Indiana Jones five. <sighs> Your dream has come true, Colin. Yeah. Uh, the long talked about sequel is you set mean, for production. Wait, you mean Indiana Jones Four? <laughs> you blacked out. I forgot. You, you you wiped that from your memory. You MIB that shit from your mind. Yeah, 
I, as soon as I read it, I thought about you. I'm like, wow, Indiana Jones 5. They're really doing it. If I really think about it hard, I can get like little snapshots from it, you know? But really, it's mostly gone. Like, I remember, <laughs> I remember whip swinging through some like warehouse or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember gophers, awful CG gophers or mm. yeah. something like that. Yeah, you're right. All that is in there. And a. a a jeep chase or a car chase to a, a rainforest or something with yeah, monkeys. yeah uh-huh. i remember that uh, and that's really all i got uh, and let's keep it that way okay fine uh-huh. uh moving on let's uh let's talk about some kevin hart <clears throat> so um you're you hate kevin hart and you're you're just not a fan hey, of it don't you put that on me um no so we both were kind of talking before the show and this you brought up an article uh I don't. Was it a review of the show or just talks about the show? It was. So it was a notice that his. I mean, it's his network or whatever. So I'm not. I don't know why it's important, but it, that it was. They're doing two more seasons of it. Maybe that's why. Okay, so the yeah. two more seasons of Cold as Balls. Cold as Balls. Cold as Balls. Where Kevin Hart interviews. Is it just athletes or just? I, I think it. That we haven't seen it. So, yeah. but it. From the description I read, it sounds like mostly people in the sports or sports entertainment industry, something like that in ice baths. He interviews these people in ice baths, (laughs) which, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a take on hot, hot ones, the hot wing show. It is. But like to another extreme. Sure. Um, it's, it's not as clever as hot ones because hot ones escalates as you go. Uh, and, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it would. I don't know. I've never been in an, uh, in an ice bath before. So <laughs> I, right. So I'm just looking over. I'm looking over some of Kevin Hart's stuff right now, and he's got a lot of stuff. Like he's there's a um, you know he's got Kevin Hart presents the next level where he talks. It's like another talk show t- type thing where he talks to other stand up comedians. Uh, he's got his own red carpet report. Which I think is hilarious. So I'm guessing this is on his channel too, or on his what his network. Um, and not to mention all his movies that he has. And you kind of said something interesting. Like Kevin Hart gets a lot of hate. He he's a huge draw. Like you know, he can sell out stadiums for his stand up. Um, every movie he's in, I mean. Welcome to the Jungle. Yes, it had Rock and Jack Black, but I mean Kevin Hart was a big part of that. Was a huge box office hit, the latest Jumanji. And before that, you know, uh, CIA, Central Intelligence, whatever it's called, Central Intelligence. Yeah, was a huge hit. I mean, Kevin Hart is a star, and I don't think he gets enough credit for being smart as well. He well. Yeah, and I guess actually I didn't realize he's uh, he's had some controversy. I guess he admitted in December to cheating on his pregnant wife that he just married, uh, which is not something you should do. Um, Wait, admit it or do it? Oh, he admitted it. No, I know. You said it's something you should not do. Yes. Admit to it or do it? Yes. Or either? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, I, I would like to say... I will never forget uh, Kevin Hart, the first thing I saw him in, with Anthony Anderson 
in Scary Movie 3. Oh, yes. Just a fucking CJ. stupid, awful movie. <laughs> so bad. But there's something so great about how unpretentiously stupid it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, I think, I think Scary Movie 2 actually was the, probably the best. Oh, yeah. And in the series but they yeah yeah but then at three and four <laughs> the wayans were still attached i believe but they were just not good they they just tried to up outdo themselves yeah. so drastically and you run out of things to parody at a certain point right I mean, yeah it, <laughs> so scary movie three is, is like a signs parody and yeah like Ugh. mars attacks you know it just yeah. all this crap rolled into one but there, there's there are scenes where they're having back and forths about, like, wake up dead. Yeah. How can you wake up dead? And I just remember his his delivery uh, and thinking, like, this guy's hilarious. Uh, lo and behold, that was in 2003. He wow. did not really show up again in a big way until... I feel like his, maybe his stand-up for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, it was um, definitely stand-up. I know he was, he, he's had a bunch of small, did a bunch of small appearances, uh, you know, and he was in Soul Plane. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, really, I think he occupies a unique place where he, his brand of humor and he's so he's very animated and exaggerated and energetic in his delivery but his brand of humor and what he talks about uh, like family and his insecurities and his shortcomings uh it just there's something about him that appeals to i think a wider swath of audiences than yeah. most like it i just it is. I think it is so difficult for a comedian to be both successful and funny in the way he has. I don't know if... I, I mean, maybe Eddie Murphy is the last yeah. good comparison. Yeah, you, when uh, you try to compare that... When you, like I was, when you're saying that, I'm thinking like of, of, of stand-up comedians that have blown up. Yeah. But when they've transitioned, they haven't been successful. Yeah. Eddie Murphy is the, the only ol- one that yeah, comes to mind. The only one I can think of. Uh, but he, I don't know. Like, my mom loves Kevin Hart. Like, everybody, I think, I don't know. Everyone loves Kevin Hart, but I feel like at the same time, and I, I didn't look for anything to substantiate this, but that he gets a lot of flack. That he is kind of. No, he definitely of, does. He's, I don't know, be, something about maybe his style. Uh, or his success. I don't know. I'm not really sure what it is, but uh, people kind of hate on him. There is that kind of feeling that he just, um, he doesn't see, uh, he is a sensitive guy. Like you've seen him appeal like to certain things. Like um, he's had certain like Snapchat videos or Instagram videos where like, He's he said like I don't understand why people are giving me shit like uh, he tried to get on stage in Philadelphia at the Super Bowl or not in Philadelphia but the Super Bowl after the Super Bowl he tried to get on stage and the security guard was like 
not not having it and people kind of gave him shit for that like oh he's just trying to be like on the camera you know trying to steal the shine or whatever but his whole thing was like i'm friends with these players i wanted to congratulate them and that may be very very well it because here's the thing is like kevin hart doesn't need any platform he has a huge following as it is like i mentioned he can sell out stadiums he can open a movie you know uh he's had multiple box office hits the guy's got more money than he knows what to do with you know he doesn't need to be on tv um so i don't know i just i kind of thought that was interesting i just i i feel i feel bad when people hate on kevin hart because i don't think it comes from a place of honesty like i think that he gets a lot of the uh it's almost like i don't know how to put it but it's like it's not real comedy or it's not real uh it's not real creative creativity like and that's just to me is just not that's not true um you know it's like he's mainstream now so we have to discredit him and the thing is like he has never changed if you watch his stand-up like it's always the same it's very consistent and if you are turned off by him being kind of braggadocious or like in your face like then you just don't like him like because that's just who he is so i don't know i like i just i don't i'm not a huge kevin hart fan like i think he's i think his stand-up is fantastic um i'm not a huge fan of pg-13 comedies that he seems to love to star in but i don't know how to hate on him like there there's just yeah so i i will say that i definitely his first three stand-up specials maybe his first four um i know i have seen i i don't think i've seen uh what is it what now I don't think I've seen his most uh, recent stand-up special, which is from 2016. Yeah, uh, that was like the... Which got, did not get... Was not critically received the same way his first four yeah. specials were. So, I don't know. Me, I don't know if that has something to do with it. But I, I do feel like some of it is probably tied to his success and the mm-hmm. fact that he's everywhere. Uh, yeah. But and I, I'm not going to say, like, I'm a huge Kevin Hart fan, but... I like I totally understand the appeal and I think he's very charismatic and I think there's just something hilarious about how he carries himself and his ex- yeah. his expressions and mannerisms and energy. I think he's a funny guy. Uh I think so. it's also hilarious like if you look at the people he's teamed with like The Rock yeah. and uh and Ice Cube like they're these big hawking grandiose people and he's like this little like I, I, that's that's done on purpose i feel like well, i mean a lot of his comedy is about his insecurities and his height is mm-hmm. a huge thing he's like you know five four or something he talks about it yeah how it's impacted his life and how he's not taken seriously because of it yeah so his definitely being paired on screen with people that create that uh juxtaposition is is on purpose um yeah the, his you know have you ever seen any of his <laughs> back and forth videos with the rock about, yes like, they're the great training yeah great yeah the, the, that i mean yeah uh the rock and, and kevin hart are, are i want to see jumanji like i i i wasn't really sure when it came out but like after 
I saw the first trailer. I was like, I kind of want to see this movie. It's just one of those things that it was over Christmas and it's not, it's not something you necessarily want to pay money for. Either. Yeah, right. I want to see Rampage, honestly. Uh, I, you know, yeah. The the trailers, like I was like, what? We're so off topic now, <laughs> right? Yeah. What direction are they going to take this in that is going to make it something that I like? I'm not just yeah. annoyed by. Yeah. And they made it work. Like The Rock and his mutated gorilla friend <laughs> fighting a bunch of science experiment yeah. monsters. Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. I No, I'm totally down for yeah. that. Um, I love that video game. That might be a video game adaptation that works, Colin. It, it might be. <laughs> I mean, obviously, aside from Super Mario Brothers, sorry, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's move on to something a little bit more serious where uh, I've been itching to talk about this. With you. You've just been itching. I have. I've, I've got eczema all over my body right now. Um, that's not true. I don't. I don't. Um, anyways, so I sent you a uh, a podcast. Um, when I think it came out. Sometime last week, or maybe it might have been a little older than that, but uh, it was from the Ringer Channel Thirty Three podcast, and it was it was one of those podcasts where uh, I had already kind of been thinking about this topic uh, from hearing other movie podcasts discuss Wrinkle in Time um, and kind of give it a kid gloves treatment. But um, Justin, see, I told you, Justin uh, Shardy, and uh, it looks like Charity, but it's Charity, uh, and K. Austin Collins, um, they talked about the confusing handling, is the way they put it, of Ava DuVernay's Wrinkle in Time. And they reference a Marie Claire article, which was probably the biggest um, Perpetrator. perpetrator of this crime. Uh, and the title of their article is A Wrinkle in Time Isn't a Great Movie, But That's Completely Irrelevant. And um, I wanted to talk to you about this because to me, I mean, yes, we're not professional film critics. We do this for fun in my basement. But I think... <laughs> and other things. Among other things. Um, but to me, like, film criticism is uh, never been, like, something that I've necessarily been a fan of. I've always been more of a fan of the amateur critics, but I've seen this kind of criticism slowly creep into that. And it really bothered me. So you haven't seen Wrinkle in Time, correct? No. Unless you snuck out and saw it. Well, I took my nieces to it when it came out. And, um, yeah, it's a bad movie. It's not good. Uh, so, but I don't. that's not necessarily what I want to talk about. What I want to talk to you about is, is Marie Claire correct when they say being a great movie is completely irrelevant. Just the fact that a black woman for the first time ever had a hundred dollar, a hundred million dollar budget. Is that what's important or chaos and Collins and Justin charity, what they perceive as I understand what you're saying, Marie Claire, but it does matter. We want these movies to be good. Well, it depends. Are you writing an article about the cultural and social context or the history of, you know, this film as it exists uh, in 
you know, as as a a turning point in American cinema, or are you reviewing a movie? Uh, because if you're reviewing a movie, I think acknowledging things like that is certainly appropriate, and we do it all the time. Yeah, oh, yeah. But that at the end of the day should have nothing to do with your criticism of the film as a film as a piece of art uh and i i just i don't i don't understand first of all it's it's ridiculous that anybody should suggest that whether or not something is a good movie doesn't matter unless you are not talking about anything but the context of the film if you talk about the film itself and certainly if you purport to you know be a critic or you're reviewing a film then yes it does matter that that is that is all that matters that's what you're doing uh i don't know i i just i don't understand i i think i think it's pretty easy to separate these ideas uh or to acknowledge the 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 novelty or the precedence of a film uh or just weird trivia about it even if you yeah. want to uh but at the end of the day if you are a critic if you're reviewing films review the film that's it it's <laughs> i i just yeah I don't know. One thing I felt interesting is so like I I went through and I I, I read a lot of the reviews, but I listened to two podcasts in particular. I'm not gonna name the podcast. I'm not gonna name the podcasters just because I don't. I'm not. It, it doesn't. That doesn't really matter because the the idea was the same, and both all four people on these podcasts gave a poor review. They said this movie is bad, with a caveat that. The theme, the themes of the movie were strong, and they gave it a they gave it I don't know a, a, a rotten score um, on Rotten Tomatoes, but at the same time they're saying with a caveat in their review, uh, but her heart was in the right place, and to me that's you're they, they're recommending the movie and at the same time saying it's bad. They're saying go see this movie because it's important and. Uh, the themes and the ideas behind it are awesome. There are okay. This is this is there are literally hundreds of movies released every year that the themes are well intentioned and the idea behind them are great. And maybe even the director is an excellent director, and they turn out to be complete shit. And nobody says, forget about how good or the quality of the movie is. Like go see this because the themes are good and the director is good. I think back to, and I and to me, there are more things that parallel. Uh, th- nothing parallels this movie more than the movie Tomorrowland, another Disney movie, another movie that almost exact same thermometer score, but was hated on so profusely because I think some of the, one one uh, of the uh, podcasters uh, said this is the not exact quote but something along the lines of. The themes are good, but this movie is not. I cannot recommend it. So you're on one hand, you're saying these movies are very similar. They both have quality themes, themes of hope, themes of, of forgiveness, of love, conquering all. But because one is made by 
this type of person and one is made by this type of person. You shouldn't go see this one and you should go see that one. That is a crazy narrative to put into the ether. Look, I don't think it's crazy in the sense that I don't understand where it's coming from. I mean, it's coming from a well-intentioned but misguided place. It's, I mean, it's taken us so long to get to this point. It is just, it's not, if you, if you are involved in the industry, if you watch films for a living, if you're a big fan of film and you want to see more diverse perspectives and you've watched through your career as we have people, underrepresented people have clawed their way and slowly piece by piece fought to get into creative roles uh, and to be able to helm productions like this it sucks it's nobody want nobody wants to see this nobody wants to see a right. talented young director who is given an opportunity that nobody of her gender or I mean, that no black filmmaker has been given before, and for the result to be bad. Yeah. But it, like, so it, you know, I, I understand. But at the end of the day, it doesn't, it doesn't change <laughs> the quality of the film, and I don't think pretending that this film is good is going to change that. And I if you want to suggest that you know you think it's important to support Ava DuVernay or support black filmmakers or support female directors by seeing this film even though it's bad or buying a ticket even though it's bad, then you're within your rights to use your platform to say it. But uh, you know, there there's a way to couch this where you don't have to be intellectually dishonest, yeah. where you can I, represent why you're frustrated, why this you think this film is important, and still give an honest review. Uh, but I like I understand. I understand where people are coming from. I like that line of thinking better, though. Like to me, that's that's way more intellectually honest and way more like, like, hey, this is a bad movie. It's not. It's not like. It's not unenjoyable. It's it's not like it's not like. Transformers 2 or something like this it's not like that bad but this is a bad movie but we want more of these filmmakers get opportunity go see it support support this director that you believe in that's the thing here we don't okay Ava DuVernay has made Selma and A Wrinkle in Time Selma she made uh, I Will Follow then pretty much Selma then A Wrinkle in Time yeah so yeah uh, I watched Selma a, a, a few a few days before A Wrinkle in Time because I'd never seen Selma. Yeah. Excellent movie. Great movie. Her direction is terrific. It, she paints... It, it, that movie is not necessarily about civil rights. It's about Martin Luther King Jr. and about that moment in time and what he means to that... to Selma, what he meant to that march. Excellent direction. Just blew me away. A Wrinkle in Time is awful. The direction is awful. I don't know if she's a good director. I've seen in one movie where she was fantastic. And I've seen another movie where she's not. Where the direction was spotty at best. So 
I don't know. So I can't say like, hey, like I have whole faith that the next movie she makes is going to blow you out of the water. Um, I, it could. It could very well be a, a, a well-directed knockout movie. My point, my whole point is, if you want to support her in that fashion, then say that. Don't write a review with a caveat. Don't don't give something a stamp of, of approval if it doesn't deserve it. That's just not, because first of all, you're supposed to be a critic. You're supposed to be coming up with uh, merits that make this movie work or demerits that make the movie uh, unwatchable. Not trying to push some sort of agenda. To use the context of the film to justify yes. how you approach it rather than the content of the film right. to justify how you approach it. And here's the thing, and I've heard this said, and I do agree with it. You know, most kids' movies aren't that great anyways. If I had never seen A NeverEnding Story and popped it in right now, I don't know if I would enjoy it. I know that my nieces absolutely loved A Wrinkle in Time. I know that my one niece was crying because she was hit with such an emotional weight. And really, I mean, that's who the movie is made for. And that's kind of all that matters. All, all the reason I really want to talk about this is because it just was frustrating. I see this happen a lot, you know. In the we want we we clamor and we clamor we want these things, and they happen. And if they, it turns out that the minority isn't up to par for that particular job, at that particular particular picture, like Ava DuVernay wasn't. Then we we all of a sudden we get defensive instead of just having faith in their skill. If if Ava DuVernay is a good director, guess what? Her next film will be great because she has talent. Steve McQueen is a perfect example. He makes excellent films. If one film doesn't work, I know because I've seen it in his past, he, his next film is going to be good. Um, I just, I, I mean, like I said, I don't know if Ava DuVernay is a great director, but if she is, I believe that she will rise to the top. Well, I, so look, some of the fear comes from the fact that it is hard for women who direct films that are commercial failures to bounce back. That's and fair. it is hard for people of color yeah. who direct films that are commercial failures to bounce back. And I, I like I think this is just like this is a it was gonna happen sooner or later. Yeah. And it it's just a bad coincidence that it happened the right. first time around. Uh, and it's a bad coincidence because it's been so hard to get here, and there's there's been light shine mm-hmm. on this issue. It feels like to us more than ever in the last two years. Uh, nobody wants to see this fail. But look at look at Duncan Jones. Look at Warcraft. Yeah, I just like yeah. I at a certain point, I don't think it. This might not have anything to do with Ava DuVernay. Yeah, you're you're. That's. I don't think Duncan Jones. Like I haven't seen. I've seen two of Duncan Jones' films, and I still think he's probably a talented director. But I also think you go from making something like Moon. Yeah. To making something right. like a Warcraft movie yeah. or a Wrinkle of Time movie, you go from a critically acclaimed, small, budget director on your. Th- second or third film to I mean something like this yeah. and it's just I don't I th- I think it's 
probably hard for inexperienced directors to make end up with something they're happy with. I just it, so you know, I don't know. It's it's just it's unfortunate. Like I and I don't think it necessarily reflects on her talent. Uh it, it's you know what I agree and I, I you made a lot of good points and I think that that's the thing that I most want to take away from this is there is there shouldn't be but there's very little room for air when it comes to uh, female filmmakers um, let alone uh, a people of color um, and when you put those two things together um, the good thing about Ava DuVernay it seems is that um, she was a publicist before she started making films, so she has a lot of clout in the industry to begin with. Um, so I don't think that she's gonna. I mean, she she she'll bounce back. I feel like, and you know, this movie didn't do terrible at the box office. It did okay, and um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's a weird movie too, man. Like all the performances are really bad. I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, if you if you saw this movie and you'd never seen. Uh, Oprah, Mindy Kaling, uh, Reese Witherspoon in a movie before, you would think that they were all horrible actresses. Um, I don't know. I don't think I don't think Mindy Kaling's a good actress, but <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> um, you want to read? You want to move on, Colin? Or, or... Yeah, I mean, I just look. I just it. I think this is growing pains, and I think. I think there is a right way to approach it, which is to say it's not a good film, but we want, it doesn't necessarily reflect on the director. Mm -hmm. And we want to see more films from Ava DuVernay and from female directors and from people of color and from people with perspectives that aren't ours and that don't get traditionally represented in Hollywood because we like good films. Yeah. And because right. their ideas have just as much merit as would you say let me ask you this real quick and we'll, we'll, then we'll move yeah. on because I, I this is would you say that a i'm trying to think of the right way to, to, to put this would you would you say that an ava duvernay uh black panther movie would have been any less successful than Ryan Coogler because she was attached to that um, and she said that Disney wouldn't allow her to ma- Marvel wouldn't allow her to make the movie that she wanted to make so there was this perception that Ryan Coogler like stepped in and saved that movie but to me it's like I don't like yes one's a female one's a male but like that's a movie that I kind of wanted to see was Ava DuVernay making a Black Panther movie not I mean obviously it was terrific I just think that's an interesting little caveat and we, we also here here's another thing that i wonder i'm taking a shot at disney here because she was she was willing when they were going after the la times she was willing to just leave this movie in the wind after it was made she was like fine i'm not gonna do any of the press junket so it kind of makes me wonder if she had issues on set with disney when this with this movie her stepping away from black panther and than the way she reacted to this movie. Look, I, I mean, again, I wouldn't be surprised. This is a big step up, and we've seen directors in this position yeah. who are similarly experienced have issues before and talk about it. 
but look, all I was going to say is at the end of the day, pretending that this is a good movie or a better movie than it is, is not going to create the result that we want. Exactly. Um, yeah. Great. Great point. And the way we will create the result we want is to continue supporting projects that have merit and to keep talking about the issues yep. and to keep doing the things that people have been doing for these last 24 months. And it looks like Ava DuVernay is going to be fine. Uh, she already has two projects lined up, including mm-hmm. a, a superhero blockbuster, apparently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I think, I don't think you need to say the wrong things for the right reasons. I think you can be intellectually honest and want more chances for filmmakers who are underrepresented without, you know, pretending that some this movie is something that it's not. But I haven't seen it, so... Yeah, I have, um, and I wouldn't recommend it. All right. Um, but I would recommend Selma. If I don't think you've seen Selma either, have you? I have not. You should see Selma. Uh, David Oyelowo has been in my life a lot over the last year now. Oyelowo. Oyelowo. God. I need to learn to say his name because he is terrific, and that you you should see it. You need to see it. Colin. Hey, that's me. We have an email this week. An email. An email? Of course. Um, and how – so how did Drew send that email to us? Why he fired up his <laughs> – I don't even know. Um, his mime-supported SMTP mail oh, clients God. and sent some packets. Uh, <laughs> some nuggets? Yeah. Um he sent an email to midnightfilmreview at gmail.com. That's midnightfilmreview at gmail.com. Beautiful. Apply directly to Forehead. Beautiful read, beautiful read. Hey, what, what, is, what does email say? So, Drew, regular contributor and savior Drew, <laughs> uh, subject line, 600 million stolen at 600 miles per hour. <laughs> Except both 600s have a, mu- a dollar sign in front of them. He got I don't excited. Know, I don't know how to read that. <laughs> white boys brian and colin thank you for the very kind offer to be my foot rubbing coffee boys when i make it in the film industry (laughs) speaking of which great scene in jay and silent bob strike back oh yes jamie kennedy and chris rock yes (laughs) chris rock abuses him (laughs) just because he can't uh anyway that being said i took the, the video production class to fill an LASC requirement, not because I'm studying film. What is LASC? I know what LSAC is, but I don't know. I don't. I think this is probably a different acronym. Um, I'm pretty sure having two yes men follow me around <laughs> everywhere would be problematic in pretty much every other industry. But let me know if the offer still stands. There are exceptions to every rule. On a totally different <laughs> note, I saw Hurricane Heist. And the main character weaponizes a hubcap by throwing it into Category 5 winds like a murder frisbee and impales a dude in the chest with it. Just figured you should know. Rocking you like a hurricane. Drew. Drew, thanks for taking one for the team and seeing a movie that I didn't, I forgot came out. Uh, Don't lie. You didn't forget. Uh, I, no, I kind of want to see it. 
like throws a how does that work so he i mean he throws a hubcap into the wind presumably thinking that it's going to pick up speed and kill the person but Dude, like he does he does well actually it's a reverse frieza oh where, where goku does the destructo discs instead of frieza or something he like throws it and like distracts the guy probably or you know i don't know maybe not maybe it's way maybe it's more straightforward than that. i said it impaled him yeah so oh, what, what whatever i i think <laughs> man we need to come up with some sort of bet that way that you have to see a shitty movie that I don't, because I've seen a lot of shitty movies that you don't. Like Justice League. Uh, what was that one movie, that <laughs> Netflix movie that I watched, and I was like, God, this movie sucks. Oh, the, the fucking Daddario. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Adam, uh, 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 Adam Devine yeah. movie, They're yeah. Trying, still trying to make Adam Devine a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, you ready to move on to media hot takes, Colin? I'm ready. All My right. body is ready. We'll be right back. And we're back, Colin, with a media hot take. Media hot take. Sponsored by no one again. Well, we still don't have a fucking sponsor for this show. Um... Colin, I was just telling you before the episode, I had a, a, a media hot take. I was pretty excited about sharing. Tell me. Uh, over this week, um, I've been listening to a podcast that I don't even really remember how I stumbled on it. Um, in a dream. It was in a dream. It came to me in a dream. Yeah. Um, it's called Our Fake History. Uh, and the podcaster's name is Sebastian Major. And he is a history teacher from Canada. And this podcast is freaking awesome, dude. I love it. If you like history, which I do, you're going to love this podcast. So what he does is he takes um, myths or uh, mysteries surrounding history. So uh, I'm just going to give you the, the five uh, first episodes of this podcast. There's like over 50 now, but the first five. The first one was Queen Elizabeth a Man. Did Nero really fiddle as Rome burned? Was there a real labyrinth? Are ninjas real? Did Shakespeare write plays? Did did Shakespeare write the plays? And uh, I'm just going to say this right now. He makes history so interesting. Um, I listened to an episode about Atlantis. That was my first episode that I listened to. It was a three-part series about is Atlantis real? And... Of course she's real. She's from Canada. <laughs> oh, Alanis Morissette? Wait, is she actually from Canada? Is, yeah, is yeah, she yeah. Okay, good. I was like, wait, does that even work? No, it works. Good. Yes, you nailed it. Um, no, but he he just, he had his the cadence of his voice and the way that he approaches history as a fun mystery to unravel um, is just refreshing and uh if you've listened to dan carlin's hardcore history or whatever it's called i can't remember what it's called now history something whatever dan carlin it's the most famous history podcast uh that's more of him just like teaching you history this is much more like you know instead of teaching you about george washington he's taking a subject and really diving into it and 
what's what I find interesting is he is a super cynic. Um, he is does you know if you have some kind of offbeat theory, you better be able to back it up with facts. Um, so that could be a turnoff to some people who want to kind of get into more of the foo foo like kind of out there stuff but he wants to look at the facts and break it down from a very logical and um, academic way, um, which I appreciate. So if you like history, if you like uh, fun podcasts, and if you are smart, then you will like our fake history. But it won't matter because you'll never hear the recommendation because you're listening to our podcast. (laughs) Boom, zing, burn, self-burn. That's Where's the cream? Self-deprecating. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it for Media Hot Takes. I'm going to go pee on Colin. <sighs> and uh, I'm going to prepare for my IQ to drop a few more points. We'll <laughs> be right back. And we're back, Colin, with a review of Tomb Raider. Starring Alicia Vikander. Wait. You don't like my... my I don't know what you're doing. I'm doing an accent. You're you're doing an accent. (laughs) You sound like a Scot. Uh, uh, I think I was going for Russian, but I guess not. Uh, I guess it didn't work. Uh, Dominic West, Walter Goggins, Danny Wu, or Daniel Wu, Kristen Scott Thomas. Uh, That's pretty much it, right? Pretty much it. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Um, this movie was directed by Rar Uthga, Uthog, Rar Uthgog. Uh, he's a Norwegian director who's directed such hits as The Wave, Escape, and Cold Prey. Uh, you know, those old chestnuts. Don't forget my favorite short films, Snore, DX13036, <laughs> and A Fistful of Kebab. <laughs> there you go. This movie was written by a couple people, Alistair Siddons and Geneva Robertson Duarte, 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 uh, with a story by Evan Darty. Okay, so Colin, uh, Rar nailed it, right? He he hit a home run on this one. I've been waiting for this moment. I mean, shit, I, I don't look. So I texted you <laughs> yesterday at 6.26 p.m. And I said in my message, less than an hour in, this is almost unwatchable. And, Brian, it's been a long time since I contemplated walking out of a film. Wow. Wow. And I decided instead of just getting up and walking out, I'm going to go pee and text Brian and stretch my legs, and we'll come we'll come back in. Uh, because I knew that I wasn't going to miss anything in the time that I got up to pee. And I was right. And <sighs> so <laughs> you texted me back, crying, laughing face, crying, laughing face, crying, laughing face. The last 25 minutes are okay. To which I responded after finishing the film. The last 25 minutes were okay in the same way a golden shower is okay 
after 90 minutes of having hot diarrhea sprayed in your face. That is only by comparison. Uh, and I also threatened to, for my review of this film, just scream into the microphone. Um, oh, so are you saying you didn't like it? No, I've seen a lot of films I didn't like. This film, I want the two hours of my life back. Oh. Uh, I... This film was shockingly bad. Uh, I'm surprised... Like, how does this film have, have, you know... I guess if people give it, like, an average of two stars to two and a half stars out of five that's how it has a 46 mm-hmm. metascore uh i mean i don't <laughs> like i just i don't even know what to say um the first act of this film feels like somebody watched a bunch of bad <laughs> 90s action movies <laughs> Then they took the idea of Lara Croft, figured out how to make her completely unidentifiable as far as the audience is concerned, and threw it together in just, I mean, there are two chase scenes, two chase scenes in the first act of the, like, this film is just such a steaming pile of fucking garbage. I can't even I can't even stand it. I can't stand it. It was so fucking awful. It was an abomination. It was a goddamn abomination. I like I don't want I don't want to beat I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to beat around the bush. I don't want to like be diplomatic. Oh uh, my god, Colin. Wow. This film was pain was physically painful for me to watch. Oh, okay. All right. It, let's let's back it up for a second. All right. Let's Wusa. Okay. <clears throat> It's not a good movie. I will grant you that. Um, but how did you feel about Alicia Vikander's performance? The performances in the movie, how, in general, how did you feel about the? <laughs> I mean, she she did what she could with it. I don't know. I just uh, the, <laughs> there's no, like there's no there's almost no characterization that's worthwhile. Uh, and the right, the character writing, the beginning of the film is awful. Is I be, I mean beyond awful. It's it's beyond awful. It's it's like scientifically engineered <laughs> to be the worst character. Right? It's like they were like, how could we make this character okay. totally unlikable and totally unredeemable? And then they wrote it into. Their bad, unironic '90s action film. Uh, it's it's just I don't like I don't think Meryl Streep could have sold this character. <laughs> what I, like it? I don't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> what about Walter Goggins? How did you? What did you think about the villain? Like I don't think Walton Goggins gave a shit. Like he, <laughs> I don't think he cared at all. And I, I mean, I don't know Dominic West just seemed like he was aware of just how awful the movie was around him and he you know turned in a performance but 
It's so st- it's I don't know how how they could take anything seriously. It's so absurd. It's so bad. <clears throat> Nothing matters or has con- man. Okay. Oh man. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna back it out because uh-huh. I I I want to give my thoughts on it. Okay. I just had to. You were you're that was that was epic. That was epic. There, look, look. I, I, always do my best. Always, always, always do my best to come in, and acknowledge, the marks that a film hits. Usually, if nothing else, we get some solid performances, and I just, there's I, I can't. There's nothing like positive about this film. It, it wasn't overtly racist. <laughs> I, I really, that's really all I can come up with. Oh my God, that's the best thing you can say about it. it I mean, it was, clo- like, there was some closet racism, some race, subtext that's, racism. Yeah, that's, um, that is true. But it, they didn't, they didn't, there were no racial slurs. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. So let me, let me tell you some things I liked about it. And I don't necessarily want you to push back on this. Okay. Because this is, like, I, I'm, I'm. Trying really hard. This is like when we when we talk about a film we love, and we try to find like a little bit of the flaws in there, or talk about some some things. Um, I actually I actually really liked uh, her performance, the physicality of the role. She's a very good. Uh, she has the potential to be a good action star as a female. She is very athletic. She's an ex ballerina, which I didn't know that until you told me a few years ago after Ex Machina. So she definitely has the physicality down. Um. Uh, um, I, I really, I really enjoyed, uh, the, the last, uh, the last, not the last 20 minutes, but like 20 minutes of the end of the movie, like of the climax, I really enjoyed, um, um, without getting to spoilers, we can talk a little bit more about that. Um, there was a portion of the movie that I really enjoyed, put it that way, um, Re- you really enjoyed a portion of this movie. <laughs> well, okay, I got into it and I was like, "Ah, oh, I like this. I like where I wish this would have done this about an hour earlier." Um yeah, uh I thought Walter Goggins' performance was fun. Uh it had like a menacing brutality to it that I as a villain, if there was more of that or more of him or that explored that a little bit more, I would have liked it even more. But um I thought the idea <laughs> the idea of that villain was a good idea. Um, execution, fifty percent maybe. The idea of that villain in the in the scenes where he was not like where he was unhinged as opposed to just yes, yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so those are things that I liked in the movie. Um, I think. Oh, here's here's another thing, and th- this is. Uh, this is kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel, but it was <laughs> a coherent, straightforward movie. Um, there's not you. I don't think you could say that there's huge gaping holes in the plot, except for maybe two. <laughs> and you, you mean there are no holes in the in the in the narrative? Yes. Or uh, the like the narrative flow. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And if you compared this to a movie like Assassin's Creed, I mean, like, that movie doesn't make any sense. This movie at least makes sense. Okay. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Okay. It yeah. makes sense. Sweet. All right. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's not a good movie. Um, I don't know this director. I don't know the writing team. But they completely just, they took a piece of poop and they like, they pooped it out. And then they said, I don't think that that's uh, poopy enough. And then they ate it and then shit out the shit that they ate. So Geneva Robertson Doré and Alistair Siddons, uh, this is their first screenwriting project. You know what? And it makes sense because like you said, it was like they watched some movies from the 90s. This feels very much like someone is in a writing class and they have to write a movie based on a, a an action star or a video game. And this is how they made it. I told you like previously, like I, we're, I'm watching this movie and I'm like, I, like after every scene, I'm like, why didn't they just start the movie here? Why didn't they just start the movie here? All that stuff that just happened. Why did, why did that happen? Like we don't. We could have just started the movie right here. They're, they're at almost all the way up until a certain point that we can talk about in spoilers where I was like, this is where the movie should have started. Everything else before that was just pointless and doesn't do anything to build the character or give the movie any kind of momentum. The movie in the first, I don't know, hour of the movie is really boring. It's just boring. You don't care about anything. You don't care about what's happening. In fact, you're just like, she's really stupid. Like, she is, this character is stupid. All her decision-making up to this point is just really dumb. Like, if she really cared about finding her father, if she really cared about, like, why wouldn't she just take his inheritance and go search for him? Spoiler, getting into spoilery okay. stuff. Right. Um, I will say this movie is impressive in how they managed to take a character and source material and just so thoroughly discard anything usable yeah. from that yeah. and just right. turn it into unworkable garbage. Um, like I've never like n- even nothing good that would have worked in the game or from like the history of Tomb Raider, the idea of Lara Croft, things that have persisted through games and movies. None of that. The, <laughs> that would like would have translated well, mm-hmm. made it into this film. Yeah, and that that takes effort to like. You're right. To make a film about something and just throw out all the usable material. <laughs> So effectively, and not give not give a single fuck. Um. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, the, a character who is resourceful, who is smart, who is capable, all those things are just completely turned on its head. She is inept, she's dumb, and any kind of ingenuity she has ends up failing her. Well, not only that, you... All right, we're we're getting to spoilers, but the you take a character that most of us can't relate to and instead of <laughs> instead of doing following a path that the game did. And look, let's be honest, this movie is a is an adaptation of the game. This yeah. is not no, you're like right. it in all the wrong ways. 
in in the most superficial way possible but they chose to embrace that narrative shell right for the setting and for some of the general ideas of this script but instead of taking an unrelatable character and using something that the game used to make her relatable or going a different route they made her even more unrelatable yeah right i was it's it's baffling it's baffling uh what's spoilers yeah um look if you love somebody or care about them or have any respect for them don't don't let them see this movie for the love of god don't see this movie who were you talking about earlier the the person you're excited about for the men in black film oh um tessa thompson yeah and i was thinking like man i liked alicia vikander but oh uh, yeah uh, right doesn't yeah doesn't meet have anything to do with this uh, <laughs> right um yeah so just for the love of god don't see this film if it comes on tv change the channel uh if you have a soul can you imagine don't subject yourself to this can you imagine ava duvernay directing this movie that's a movie i would want to see i mean again like i don't <sighs> It's impossible for us to know what the script looked like before right. the director started shooting. Yeah. But if it looked anything like this, there's no director who has ever lived that could make this into a watchable film. <laughs> it is Neither so yeah. unredeemably terrible. It needed to be written, for sure. It's just, just insane. It's insanely bad. It is ins- like a mad genius made this film. It is so goddamn awful. Right. You're right. Um, all right. Let's go to spoilers because we have a little bit more to talk about uh, in spoilers. Kill me now. We'll be right back with spoilers for Tomb Raider. What, honey? Wow. Are you kidding really? me? Really? You just ruin it every oh, time. Oh. I'll see you at home. Well, wait so a second. Rude. Now, how would you not know that that was taking place? And we're back, Colin, with a spoiler-filled review of tomb raider colin at one point in the movie i thought to myself this movie's called tomb raider and they're not going to raid any tombs how how hard is it to make a tomb raider movie it seems like it should be pretty simple i mean you have video games to go off of you have Movies like Indiana Jones or National Treasure or, you know, that type of movie where you have clues and puzzles for the character to solve and bad guys for them to fight. But instead, what you have is a movie with a very capable actress, like you mentioned, running from people in in, in different scenes that really... The the second one is so unnecessary. It's just completely unnecessary. Doesn't it's just it's so bad that I the whole time I, was ha- I just want it to be over. I'm watching. It, I just want it to be over. Yeah. Uh, they the three characters approach her, and I was just I could not believe I could not believe it. I was like, 
This isn't ha- this isn't happening. We're not about to do this. Right. Yeah. A chase scene on like what am I I'm watching like three ninjas kick back? <laughs> what the what in the actual fuck? How is this real? How like how is this ha- Oh my god, dude. So, first of all, the decision, <laughs> let's just start at the beginning. Okay. The decision to take Okay, you're the Tomb Raider game is a reboot. It's a reimagining of the character from this like empty sex symbol with dual 1911s infinite ammo that yeah. is in a tank control you know g- adventure game that shoots dinosaurs and you know yeah. like from a a nonsense video game that had a <sighs> was successful because of some very specific factors relating to the time and I don't know. Like, it's just the games were never, I don't think ever really held up to, I mean, I don't know, whatever. However you feel about the old Tomb Raider games, there was not much there. Right. And the, the reboot was about making Lara Croft a character and grounding her in reality. And they did that while keeping the the big elements in place, uh, but not even really dwelling on them. Just letting you know they're there through storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just it. If you watch somebody play through the Tomb Raider game, it would be a better <laughs> movie than this. That's insane. Yeah. So what they do is they're adapting that. They're rebooting this the movies too. And they take this character, they make those elements explicit, just how ungodly rich and privileged she is. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, instead of tearing her down and building her back up again, which is how you make the character relatable, yeah, she's so <laughs> out of touch and spoiled... Yeah. That she just rejects everything. It's so unide like uh, how could you ever care about that? Like why do you give a shit about that character? She's it why would you do that? Why would you make that cho- it, it's so intentionally I like I can't I can't wrap my head around it. No, I I'm with you and I that I mean I mentioned it in the non-spoiler section like it's stupid. Like it is a stupid character decision it like I, yeah i mean i can't even think i like there's there's so much in the movie that they try to make work in the end that just you're like you but you didn't you're it's like you're taking the long way there in a very hard route that doesn't have to be this difficult the the the, the scene where she's just the scene where she's signing the papers and the guy pulls out the thing and she takes it from him it makes no sense why would he do that at that point like why would he not wait till the papers were signed and then hand it over that doesn't even logically make sense and then she stops signing the papers and leaves so she has to pawn the the, the last the the most priceless artifact ridiculous that doesn't even make sense you would that character would never do that it's so it's so stupid. 
So that that whole sequence is just completely idiotic. And like my, what's worse is that the game does some things really well, but all of those aspects could have been refined and adapted to film. Mm-hmm. You, but instead they go the opposite direction, like. <laughs> Even the game knew to start in Medius Race, to not dwell on her past, to not make her fucking father a character except through the relationship she has with Roth, with another character, to to have her relationships with the people around her as a way to humanize her, Mm -hmm. uh, to have her grow through the choices she has to make. Um, But like... Why, like, why start her off as, I don't, whatever. It just, it's, oh my God. And all the little fucking token nods to things that happened in the game. <laughs> yeah. Like, why even call Walton Goggins' character Matthias? It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter at all. I mean, oh my, dude. And the, that whole, the whole treatment And we let's talk about that. Okay. Let's talk about the fact that every single Tomb Raider game, spoiler alert, has involved the supernatural. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they use that in the reboot to play with your expectations, and it's great. Yeah. It is a it's a great writing. You know, it's hard to write for games. Games are not story vehicles the way books and films are. Mm -hmm. But to play with audience expectations and have them try and figure out whether this is a freak natural occurrences or whether there's something supernatural going on is it's very smart it's a very smart way to to frame the the larger narrative and mystery of that game agree yes to throw that away on purpose what the fuck yeah i don't and like not they don't even give it lip service. They don't even they don't do the same thing and then end up going a different direction, which is fine. Yeah, right. But because of that, nothing makes any goddamn sense in this fucking movie. <laughs> nothing. nothing makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Why didn't Walton Goggins call for a fucking transport six and a half <laughs> years ago? They didn't ask him for a screenshot. Yeah, he that's just true. said I found it, and they said, "Cool, come home." And then yeah. people hijacked the helicopter, which that was okay. That part of the movie that is an, another huge gaping. That's a, that's a hole. That's one of the holes in the narrative. It that just makes it doesn't make any sense. Like what? <sighs> Look, you spend so much time setting up the first half of this movie that is complete dog shit mm-hmm. that you don't have any time to make the island a character no that's that's my other big point is the the island isn't a character at all which in the video game is a huge aspect of of that of that game yeah the, the the main game that this is based off of and it is uh i mean the it's kind of fitting that i i talked about our fake history um before because this movie it doesn't it, there's some mythology in the game that is so cool and so interesting and they just they it's 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 not even a part of this movie they barely talk about it they talk about this this queen but you don't 
they, it's just given such lip service. It's not anything that's dwelled on. And that's part of why I hated the movie or why it just, it sucked in my opinion is all the things that make movies like Indiana Jones or national treasure. Those, those, uh, you know, those type of movies, what, what should make a Tomb Raider movie fun is like you said, one is the ambiguity of the supernatural to the actual exploration of fucking tombs and the 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 hidden you know treasures that you find and the hidden uh booby traps and the fighting of of enemies and none of it's here none of it is here and if you're going to go a character out which this movie seems like it was trying to do (laughs) you have to do a better job and the, the dude the moment that her dad shows up I, my eyes literally rolled out of my head. I <laughs> I was I I think I I was sighing and then laughing at some points of this film. Dominic, just Dominic West his his facial expressions, his sick ass mullet and just <laughs> the way he he's oh she's going to go away. She's going to like just, he, just ignore McNulty. Just, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I just just pretend your career hasn't reached this point. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. I he I felt like if anybody in the cast knew what kind of movie they were in, he knew. Like, dude, for sure. The the looks on his face. Oh, Walt, Walton Goggins knew, oh, yeah, but he yeah, didn't, he doesn't yeah. care. Yeah, he just yeah, you're right. Like he he did. I think he probably did well. Did better. No, actually, scratch that. The scene where she wakes up and they're trying. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's fun in that scene. That's a and good scene, yeah. No, nothing else. Totally ineffectual and nothing else. Because what it, like, what does it matter? Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, is his character is written. Like, <laughs> like he wants to get home and see his family, but, like, you don't ever feel that. They don't – his family aren't real. There's a, there's a picture on his desk of his two daughters, but he never – like he's never a real person, I guess. And I guess, you know, I said like, I thought the villain was okay, but like he was menacing in a way, but at the same time, like he never felt like an actual person who missed his family, who just wanted the same thing. It's like, he wants to do the same thing that Laura wants to do and be reunited with his family. And that should mean something, but you don't give two shits about Walter Goggins character. I'm not that you give a lot of, uh, you know, I thought she care a lot about Laura Cross character in the end, but like she is the the main part of the movie. But it's like Walter Goggins character, like you you never like explore his like how poignant would just a scene be, or like how powerful would a scene be where he's talking to his daughters? Well, look, it what happens it, that's what you're talking about is there's just a, such a fundal, fundamental misunderstanding of how writing works and how movies work yeah you can't just throw a few lines of exposition and pretend that you created a character (laughs) like they like i think they wanted to have this what i think they wanted to have and who fucking knows where was some shadow of the matthias from the game yeah where he is he was maybe morally ambiguous and he has been driven 
into a dark place. Right. And he is he is no he no longer has qualms about doing horrific things to get what he thinks will be the result that lets him leave the island. Right, yeah. yeah. Or or to maybe have you the audience question his sanity. Uh and have that be maybe a way to interpret his or see see a lens through which to view his character. Kind of is he desperate? Is mm. he just doing what he thinks is right because he just wants to get back to his family? Is that commendable or is he just fucking crazy? But instead, they did neither of those things because they don't know anything about how writing or films work. Yeah, this is one of the worst scripts I've seen in a while. I mean, the very opening scene, uh, I was just like, like when she's in the ring doing MMA, I'm just like, and they get she gets her ass kicked. And it, I'm just like. This is, oh, she's the scrappy underdog. Here we go. It's like, this is where, and that yeah. fucking rear naked choke comes back to, it's recalled three different times in the movie. And I'm just like, oh. again, that's a writing trope that is not executed well at all. Like when you, like, that's not how you call something back. Dude, and, that's sick front headlock though. <laughs> Wait, wait till, wait till martial arts comes up with a counter for that front headlock. Tomb Raider two. They're gonna. She should have just bulldogged him, MMA or uh, WWE style, just ran and bulldogged him like right. In, what was that like? Uh, like, the thing about Laura Croft and, and is, the, the, I, don't, I just make her smart, make her witty, and make her capable. That's all I asked. I will say, like towards the end of the movie, I did like kind of come around to her like i like i mentioned like that's the, the end of the movie um her fight with walter goggins i thought was kind of fun um and then her escaping whatever it was whatever um i do i do wonder about setting up the sequel the way they did <sighs> like i don't understand why they kept ha- like why trinity had to be a thing like that was the other thing is like, why does like so? Uh, what was the other company? Patola, Patola, uh, who, wh- whatever. Who fucking cares. Like, why can't she put that piece of the puzzle together herself? Why does Trinity the 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 name like Walter Goggins' character, Matt Mathias's Trinity is everywhere? Because they can't decide what kind of movie they're going to make. Because this was part Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider, part Square Enix Tomb Raider. Mm. and all garbage. Yeah. It just, it's, again, it's like that insane telegraphed nonsense film. Like, it's just, it's, it doesn't, <laughs> I I can't, I can't wrap my head, I can't wrap my head around this film. It is so insanely bad. But- and the, the, like, the scene where she, Runs away through the jungle (laughs) and just all of a sudden she's an action star and then all of a sudden she wakes up and she has to kill somebody for the first time. Yeah. It was like somebody described (laughs) things they remembered from the game to somebody else who had never written a movie before. (laughs) And then somebody else who'd never directed a movie before directed it. (laughs) 
Like it's just like the oh music. Like the music. It's so. It's just nothing. It's so unearned, and it's so unabashed about the fact that we're doing this anyway. Like yeah. You, <sighs> as opposed to starting with Laura as an academic who is put in this survival situation yeah, right. and then forced to confront the fact that not only is she shipwrecked and in this on this crazy remote island, but there are people and possibly something else on the island breaking her down and then watching her become something else, become the the Tomb Raider, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and there's a great moment in the game where she is like she you just you strip away at her humanity and she embraces the thing that she has been forced to confront and becomes a killer. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. No. And it's not not even the moment where she has she's forced to defend herself and deal with killing someone for the first time. But when she's hunting for Sam. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how you missed the mark this badly. It just. There are so many interesting elements from the game. You don't just pick pick one of them yeah. and include it. But like like Matthias, like the or a scene from the game where she's injured and sleepy and recovering uh or like i i forget the the character's name the the guy who betrays her the, oh the yeah, other yeah. science right uh, sociologist or ar- archaeologist whatever you know uh, betrays her to these crazy island cultists or just i, I don't know but instead we're left with a bunch of people and slaves on an island looking for this. Oh yeah, why did you like the fact that we're not in a supernatural movie? We're in a grounded reality yeah. movie, but everyone becomes zombies. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just. And the okay. Here's the other thing is about that scene is, I hate. I just hate. I know that there has to be some exposition explaining what's going on, but I hate that they have to explain it so ham-fistedly. They weren't trying to keep her. She, she wasn't put here because she was evil. She was put here because she was good. And she did this to herself. It was, it's just, it's so over the top. And I don't. Also, like, if you remove the supernatural elements from this, then why is why does nobody know where this island is it's just and, an island right and why can't you just blow open the door uh, you can they just didn't know where I, like it was but certainly they call a helicopter and the helicopter shows up an hour later yeah yeah literally an hour later like so i don't know i don't know what else to say about this movie i yeah i don't know I feel like this was a huge opportunity that the stu- what studio did this? Do we know? Do you know? I don't. I don't even know off the top of my head. Um, I'll I'll check real I, quick. I just but. feel like this whatever whatever studio did this was a huge opportunity 
to really make <laughs> it's Warner Brothers. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, that figures. It was an opportunity to make a movie that could build to build a new universe for them. And instead of building on something, I don't I mean, this movie did okay at the box office, I guess. There probably is going to be a sequel unless Lysia Vikander is like, no, nah, I don't want to do it. But I just and I'm surprised, like you, that the reviews are so good, and they're not even that good, but like that it has such a high score, because I th- I think I think a lot of that just goes to the cast because they're so like good, like they're charismatic and people are attracted to them, because the writing, I literally the first hours movie, I it's so boring, so much stupid shit happens. I just would like, are you like me? Like why like. Tomb Raider. I want her raiding some fucking tombs. Like, I no, want her doing some shit. I, do, I don't want that because that's what the fucking Angelina Jolie movies were. I want mm, I yeah. want to watch, to, like, create this character because that's what the first game was about. And mm-hmm. that's the, the premise they opened the movie with is yeah. showing how Lara Croft becomes the, goes from this bookish academic yeah. from a, you know, a a comfortable upbringing to a, a fucking cold-blooded tomb raiding OG. Yeah. Right. Just, uh, you know, to a survivor, uh, n- nothing. It just happens. Like she picks up the bow and arrow and then she's just back in the camp. Yeah, I was laughing yeah. out loud in that scene. Just, well, what did you think of the flashbacks too? Like literally every oh every God. writing, like literally every writing trope you could think of. I think there's voiceovers, there's flashbacks. <laughs> the the wait until father walks away and the arrow, and then she's gonna see the arrow in the room with him, and here we go. Just yeah, man, you're right. I feel like we like this was like they were like took some freshmen in in uh, screenwriting class and they were like hey, come up with a, a movie. And then they hired some really good actress and made a movie. And the director was, the director is awful too. Like some of this, the action, that's the other thing with this movie is like, if the action beats were inventive and fun and like awesome, then I might be like, whoa, okay. But no, they're the same plane. Like both chase scenes are not interesting at all. Nothing different or, or cool was done with them. And then the hand-to-hand fighting is just, it's just so, it just looks so choreographed in so many ways. And there's nothing inventive. Like, she she's doing the whole thing. She's getting choked. Let me reach for a rock. Oh, I got to reach for a rock and hit him in the head. Like, yeah. there's no, like, cool reverse of her using her jujitsu to get out of this move or using his weight as a, a disadvantage. Like, there's nothing, like, it's just, it's your basic yeah. action movie well, shit. But it's not like it matters because you never feel like the character's in any danger. That's because true shit, is, shit just escalates so quickly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it is impressive how like how boring that water the waterfall scene is. Yeah. Like how you make something the idea of something like that and shoot it and make it so bland. No tension at all. There's there is no tension anywhere at any point in this movie. I just, it's, it's so insane. It's so insanely bad. Yeah. Gringo, (laughs) 
<laughs> was a masterpiece compared to this movie. Compared yeah. to this film. Yeah. I agree with you, Colin. I agree with you. Um, anything else? Do you want to wrap this show up? God, I, like this, this movie made me want to find out who made it and drive to their house and punch them. Like, I don't even know. It's just like, Oh, it's that good. Somebody needs to tell them how bad they are at their jobs. Oh my God. It's, Oh man. My mind reels. Reels. <laughs> I can't. This fucking movie. I just, I, like, I want, I just wish I would have left, Brian. I wish I would have left. But I, I'm glad you didn't, because uh, I've seen a lot of shitty movies, like I mentioned earlier, and you whistled your way out of them. Dude, I've seen a lot of shitty movies, too, but it's, it is almost unprecedented that i enjoy something this little is this the worst movie you've seen or not the worst is this the least enjoyable movie that you've seen since we've been reviewing movies i don't know about that but it is in a in recent memory like i don't know like at least things like the i don't know man assassin's creed yeah What's weird is, aren't they a couple? Aren't... Um, oh, wait, are, Fa- are you Fassbender and, and Vikander? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they oh, are. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, That'd be a beautiful baby. I guess. You what? You guess? I mean, what? <laughs> just don't let it do any <laughs> video game crossover <laughs> action films. For the love of God. Oh, man. Uh, see... It, I just I don't get it, dude. Like I don't understand why video games, why, like I don't understand why it's so hard. I don't understand dude, why it's so hard. It's like literally, it is. It is. It does not get any easier than this. Yeah. It doesn't get any easier than this. I don't remember the last time there was a game that was this adaptable. Right. To a screenplay. Yeah. It's like I don't. It's just. It's never going to happen again. Even something like The Last of Us. That's much harder than this, even if yeah, you, right. Because of how you, the emotional connection is built between the characters in the game, yeah, you can't just adapt that to right, screen. Right. This is like is a fun sci-fi adventure movie mm-hmm. with heavy character elements and some gritty shit thrown in there. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. This is super easy, and it just they made it so difficult. So difficult. I don't know. God. All right. Um, well, next week we'll uh, be back with an episode probably Pacific Rim. Maybe Pacific, Pacific Rim 2.0. I'm going to go gouge my eyes out with a spoon, and I'll be back with – be back as no eyes. Oh. Wait, ants in my eyes, Johnson. Is that what it is? Yes. <laughs> Although I would like to see Isle of Dog. I don't – Isle of Dogs. I don't know if that's coming here. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's you're not a Wes Anderson fan, though, are I'm you? I'm not a. I like. I just have to be in the right mood uh, to mm-hmm. watch a Wes Anderson film. I, I feel like tonally and stylistically, he just 
does a lot of the same things. That's true. So yep. not, not to like I understand the appeal. It's just uh, not for me. Yeah, um, understandable. Yeah, but I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've like I've enjoyed every Wes Anderson film I've seen, but it's not something I usually seek out. So. Um, I, then again, our other choice is my favorite, Steven Soderbergh's Unsane, um, which is a looked interesting. Although we we just we have kind of a I don't know we See, mixed ahead. we have a, a mixed track record with Soderbergh. The thing is, my favorite Soderbergh movies are his more like like I liked Contagion, I liked um, Side Effects, I liked his more like horror like. I, I like when he does that better than when he tries to do comedy like Logan Lucky. Or when he tries to do action. Or, like, a, yeah, action is just not. What was the one with? Uh, uh, Haywire. Yeah, fucking Haywire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, or or weird biopics like yeah. uh, Behind the Candelabra, which we really enjoyed. Yeah, that was um, a – I feel like that's where he really hits. Like that's probably his best work is that movie. And I don't know, maybe – I don't know what it was, but I I just found and we're so again always off topic. I found that film so compelling. Yeah. Uh, no, the performances were out of this world. It just when when he's doing the minimalist stuff, I think is when he's at his best. Yeah. When he tries to do blockbuster, big bigger stuff or like actiony stuff, I just don't think he. I don't know. That I, I have a really love hate relationship with Soderbergh, but I kind of want to see Unsane. Um, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. I I will say I'm not willing to write it off. Yeah, right. Uh, it it definitely could be something we enjoyed. There, you know. Yeah, right. I, it's I think it's less divisive looking than a lot of his recent works. No, yeah, I definitely so. agree with that. Yeah. Uh, well, I just gave three movies that we might see. So, uh, play some Russian roulette. Pick so one. we'll be back with a review of Thoroughbreds. <laughs> oh, that's a, yeah. I, I mean, that is a possibility. Okay. All right, Colin, let's wrap the show up. We've, we're running long. Um, we're an hour and forty in. Wrap it up like your dad's journal. <laughs> Deliver it to the bad guy so he can finally leave the island. <laughs> make after he makes a phone call. Okay, we will catch you on the flip side. Okay, bye.